Chapter 7, Part 1 of The Laws and Practice of the Game of Euchre by Charles Meehan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 Hints to Tyros. Upon this hint I spake. Shakespeare. What could I more? I warned thee, I admonished thee, foretold the danger and the lurking enemy that lay in wait. Milton. Euchre and life own their losses and gains in ephemeral strife. Play alone when you hold the good cards in the pack. Assist with the ace or the king in a jack. Pass, holding both bowers, on refusal to take. You can make it the next and play what you make. Look out for the bridges and cross if you choose, but with euchre and life play to win, not to lose. Pettis. The ensuing hints, confidingly and confidently suggested to novices in our highly scientific and gleesome game, result from an experience gained in many a glorious and well-foughten field, and although not pretending in these premises to be Sir Oracle, yet haud in expertus locor. We hope they will be kindly taken as meant. Should they appear trite and simple to players of a certain degree of skill, we beg permission to remind them that the hints are offered only to novitiates, with a desire fully to explain to them some of the most approved points of play. We venture to invite attention to a few words by way of prelude. As the principle which guides us in social intercourse, if we remember our early education aright, is politeness, the observance of those pleasing amenities which tend so much to make life agreeable, so that which should guide us at the card table is good humor, that cardinal virtue. Adhere undeviatingly and persistently to the law in each and every case made and provided, and remember, there is no power in Venice can alter a decree established. Play the right game always, cote qui cote and insist on the strict play of the game by your opponents, for no option in playing, at variance with prescribed precepts, can be tolerated. And if your partner commits an error, require the other side to avail themselves of the advantage attained by it, for the mistake of one party is the game of the other fairly. Issue especially every circumstance and act that has a tendency to produce confusion or misunderstanding in play. Acquire the habit, it is easily accomplished, of determining whether you pass or order up without unnecessary suspense and hesitate not to say. Promptness and a quick response, when tis done, then twere well it were done quickly, should be part and parcel of the play. It is better to decide wrongly a few times than mislead your partner by hesitation. Nothing can be more irksome than to see a player especially if one's partner, boggling over his cards, hesitating and undecided what to do. Such indecision, besides, betrays your hand. Holding but five cards, a glance at them, simply, enables a quick judgment to declare whether he will pass or not. Speak quick, it is the strength of the game, is the favorite ejaculation of a favorite friend of ours. Never exhibit peevishness and ill-temper, reserve it for home consumption, when you lose, nor too great elation of joy when you win, nor permit the calm expression of your face to be ruffled by the appearance of your hand, 
and bear all reverses with Christian fortitude and Jewish resignation. So, if your hand, we mean the cards you hold, gentle Tyro, should happen to be as red as the saints' days in a Romish calendar, or as black as the consecrated essence of midnight, when the opposite colors are trumps, pursue the even tenor of your play with placid demeanor, with columbine innocence and serpentine wisdom, and publish it not with impatient demonstrations or vituperative expressions against ill luck, for cards, at times, will obstinately run as chance directs. Tis not in mortals to command success, you know. If you do not, it is time you did, you understand. Oh, there be players that I have seen play, who grumble and fault-find as much over the card-table as they would chaffering and cavilling at a market-house with a huckster, as if cards were not invented for recreation and amusement. Very reverend sport, truly. Should your partner make an occasional misplay, take it kindly, and avoid, by all means, that horrid practice of fault-finding and censure. Everyone you know except ourselves commits blunders, and mistakes are inevitable. Should you be eminently successful in winning from your adversaries, don't twit them too often and persistently with their defeat, but enjoy it secretly and quietly, as we enjoy love and poetry. For modesty, says the renowned Munchausen, forbids individuals to arrogate to themselves great successes or victories. It may hap, once in a while, that you will find yourself associated with a partner who is a novice in the philosophy and mysteries of our noble game, and when you do begin to perceive that he is one of those unfortunate individuals of neglected erudition whose intense ignorance of the play is disheartening, displaying the most marvelous ingenuity in preventing you from winning, and a cruelly tantalizing facility in helping your opponents to defeat you, smile if you can, we always do, Eluc Ionicus. In such a case, if no other kind of amusement can be resorted to, suggest refreshment, you will find it a great relief. And besides, someone may then offer to take your place at the card table, or your partner, for worse, may obtain some more suitable employment. Never give in and grow faint-hearted, hard as it is sometimes to lose when near winning, but console yourself with the comfortable reflection that while the combat continues, victory is uncertain. Although, at this game, the advantage rather depends on skillful combinations and a quick calculation of chances at the various periods of play than on high cards, yet the most unskillful novice at the game may frequently hold such commanding cards during an entire seance that he must necessarily win all the tricks, even from experienced experts, for bowers will defeat aces, and aces will capture kings. Avoid too much elation at a run of luck, for the hoodwinked goddess must succumb to persistent skill. Moreover, you will soon find but little excitement in like easy skirmishes. But when cards do range out equally and high on either side, in groups of threatening and overwhelming strength, good scuffling hands, I love a hand that meets mine own, affording fine scope for combinations of chance and skill, arousing the accomplished adept's valor for the strife to victory, then comes the tug of war. 
we have known players when holding such hands to play a series of several hundred games without making a single error in play or failing to win every trick on the cards think of that master brooks and be emulous always consult the score of the game playing accordingly and remember that the policy of your antagonists is at variance with your own never let your face betray your hand an air of coldness and impassibility of feature are indispensable qualities in play there may be other circumstances of play which we might assume to hint at that cannot well be demonstrated by rules but deference to the opinions of others older if not better soldiers your knowledge of the refined observances and established usages of society and a certain natural tact will guide and counsel you we fancy better than any suggestions of ours skill of course is only acquired by practice once more we earnestly recommend nay beseech you to give no indications by gesture or expression of the strength or weakness of your cards but preserve a stoical placidity of countenance eschewing in every manner all species of unfairness and we hope it may be to our fortune oft in the stilly night to meet you in friendly conflict on the velvet plain in the meantime let us return to our muttons for if we have a fault it is digression after the ceremony of the deal has been concluded it is the duty of the eldest hand to order up the trump card or pass he should always order it up at a bridge when not sure of a trick as before explained he should also of course when sure of one trick and has passed accordingly make the trump if the dealer turns it down and for the same reason that he would order up at the bridge at any other stage of the game he must hold a very strong hand in trumps to order up the left bower ace and ten of trumps with an ace of a lay suit or two commanding cards of a lay suit as a general rule would be sufficiently strong or the ace king ten and seven of trumps especially if the fifth card in his hand is a high one the eldest hand when strong at the suit turned for trumps and also strong at the next in suit in utrumque paratus should always pass to euchre the other side if the trump is adopted for if it should be turned down he can then make the trump as a general rule he should always pass for the euchre when as strong at the next in suit never order up with the two bowers and the ace or other high trump if you have two cards even so low as the seven and eight of the same color of the trump because if the adversaries adopt the trump you are sure to euchre them and if it is turned down you have a lone hand at next in suit with the right bower ace and seven of trumps with a secondary card at the next in suit it is safe to pass for you will probably euchre the hostile side if the trump is adopted and you are almost sure of the odd trick at the next suit if the trump is turned down next in suit or dutching is deemed by many eminent professors of the game one of the most important elements of play the principles upon which this rule is founded we will here essay to explain the pack is composed of just thirty-two cards of which number twenty-one are thrown round by the dealer for the play of each hand 
leaving eleven cards, say one-third of the entire pack, in the talon. When the dealer and his partner decline to play at the suit turned for trumps, it is fair to presume that neither of them holds a bower, especially if the turn-up is a court card. The chances are greatly in favor of the presumption that one of the bowers has been distributed in the deal, and nearly equal that both of them are out. The probability, then, is that one, if not both of them, are in your partner's hand, yourself having neither. And if the bowers are not out, it is raison de plus why you may win the odd trick with fewer and weaker cards than in an ordinary hand. Your partner, if a skillful player, will never order up when holding both bowers only, but will pass for the euchre if the trump is adopted, or for next in suit if turned down, for so he plays his part. We have known instances when the eldest hand's partner has played and made a lone hand at next in suit, when the eldest hand has made the trump, according to rule, without having a single trump in hand. At all events, the chances are much in favor of making the trump next in suit, and favorable chances should always be embraced. Have a care of the main chance. When you follow this rule, always lead a trump, unless you have the ten ace of right bower and ace, and you should lead the bower then if you hold commanding lay cards. It is sometimes asserted that if this rule is strictly adhered to, the dealer may often win a euchre by a ruse, in turning down when equally strong at each suit of the color. But in the event of his being strong at both suits, the exception to the rule, crossing the suit, may be in your hand. It is a bad rule, we are told, that works only one way, and exceptio probat regulum, you know. The eldest hand opens the game, and as success frequently depends upon the lead, c'est le premier pas que coûte, he must bear that fact in mind, and deploy his small force into action skillfully, with decision. It is a rule with many experienced players to lead through the assisting hand, that is, when the dealer's partner assists, the eldest hand is always expected to lead a trump, if he has one, in every case, except when a bower is turned up, or you have the left bower guarded. The exceptions to this rule, we think, are so multitudinous, that the practice is almost as much honored in the breach as the observance. The rationale of the rule is founded on the supposition that the partner who assists may hold but two trumps, and by leading a trump, his trumps and his partners are brought together, and if you or your partner have commanding cards in lay suits, you may make a euchre. And, moreover, if your partner holds two trumps, by leading through the strong hand up to the weak, the dealer's partner assisting is supposed to be in that position, you give your partner an opportunity to finesse. These are the only advantages we now revive in memory. If the eldest hand holds one or two trumps, especially if small, with commanding cards in other suits, the trump should then most assuredly be led. Should he hold three trumps of various value and two lay cards of suit, the seven and queen, for instance, and is playing to euchre the dealer, he should always lead the lay seven, for when he wins the rentree with one of his small trumps, the queen will then either win the trick or force a trump from the opponents. 
If the eldest hand's partner should win the first or the second trick, he should never return such a lead, because the eldest hand, if he comprehends his vocation, will never commence the round with an isolated plebeian card, unless for some exceptional cause. With two trumps, two lay cards of suit, and one single lay card, commence with one of the two lay cards, for one of your trumps may bring you back to your suit, and your second lay card will then probably force the other side to trump. Never open with a single lay card when holding such a hand, because you may have an opportunity of throwing it away on a trick of your partner's, or, when second player, on a lead of a numerical card of the suit of which you have none, which will enable you to rough its suit, if led by either of your adversaries, and win you a trick. When playing to euchre, if you have two or more small trumps with commanding lay cards, lead a small trump, as it may enable you to make the high cards when trumps are expended. When your partner orders up, or makes the trump, Always lead him one, the best you have, without regard to tenace or left bower guarded. When, being eldest hand, you are scoring three points to your game, and your adversaries count one, or nothing, and you hold very weak and sickly-looking cards, although this is not a bridge, yet it is often well to order up and take a euchre, especially if a bower is turned up, rather than risk a lone hand to the other side and if you are euchred, you are euchred, que sera sera, as we used to say at Florence. Santissima Madonna, those days are past. If you hold a lay ace, when opposed to a lone hand, always lead it, for if you hold a king or queen doubled, you have an additional chance to prevent the march of the lone player. That condition of the game in the flood tide of luck, termed the bridge, is fully explained at the close of chapter 3, to which we respectfully beg leave to refer. When it carries you safely over, praise it, and thus much for your duty as eldest hand, and we, like England, expect every man to do his duty. End of chapter 7, part 1